0: Welcome to the Vestavia Hills City Schools podcast. My name is Witt McGee, and I'm Brooke Wedgworth. Happy New Year!
1: I know. Here we are, back again, Witt.
0: That's right. How was your summer?
1: <laughs> it was fast.
0: Yes, that's right.
1: Fast and crazy.
0: Yeah, we, there was a lot going on yes. uh, throughout the course of the summer and, and it, there, our buildings are just buzzing with activity through the summer. That's something I, I really wish people could see in person, just how much is going on from a professional development standpoint, a strategic planning standpoint, just a building cleanliness and maintenance and getting things ready for the new year. Uh, there's always something happening through the summer, but hope you got an opportunity to have a, a brief break uh, somewhere in in there and uh, catch your breath for the for the new year.
1: Yeah, so true. I think about you know, and maybe this goes back to even when we grew up going to schools, but there really is so much activity in the summer and there's teachers are engaged in professional development DIYs where they've designed their own learning. Kids are engaged in reading camp, math camp, STEM camp, of course, summer school going on at the high school. So it really is exciting to see all the activities, but I will say it's really, really exciting when the kids and all the teachers come back to school. So there's, you know, there's somewhat of a Quiet going on especially in July and then when the kids get back to school you really do have that energy um, that's been missing over the summer so
0: for sure Dr. Todd Freeman is with us today the superintendent of Vestavia Hills City Schools uh, how's the school year starting off for you sir
2: it's a great start we started as you know in the last couple of days with all of our students back and it feels like we've been going for a while and that's what you want to see
0: so really pleased a lot of happy faces for sure. We, we are all thrilled to be back and and uh, doing what we do here in Vestavia Hills, which is uh, focusing on our mission of working to ensure that each student learns without limits. Um, before we get too far into the new school year, I think it's worth celebrating everything that happened in the last school year, in 2022 23. Uh, and we do that, one of the ways that we do that is through the release of our annual report, which uh, took place just a few days ago. Uh, you can pick up a print copy of this at any of our schools, the Board of Education, City Hall, the Chamber of Commerce. Uh, you can also just get a PDF copy of it online uh, at vhcs.us slash reports. Uh, but what a great school year that we had last year, Dr. Freeman.
2: It really was. And, Witt, you know that uh, in 53 years, our school system has distinguished itself as, as a wonderful school system. And legacy is always a word we use when we're talking about excellence in our schools, and that's no different. Uh, so last year was uh, just continuing that, uh, and our students performed so well, so many really good outcomes, and and you know, when you talk about your mission statement, and our mission statement being what you said, that we want to provide every child the opportunity to learn without limits, we want to see what the outcomes are, and, and so we love to share just a lot of different ones for people. There are many that we could talk about that would take much more time than we have, but we do focus on a few that I I think really are indicative of the quality of our uh, students experience.
1: And some of the highlights that are really that Dr. Freeman recognized in the state of our school's address and we'll be talking about from last year. So just one example, 41 plus million dollars
2: That's remarkable. It is. And scholarships offered to students. And if you think about that, a scholarship in Alabama uh, would essentially pay – it costs about $80,000, $85,000 for a four-year tuition in Alabama. And $41 million would pay for a lot of student tuition. Uh, That just in and of itself speaks widely to how impressive our senior class was. And I believe about three out of four of our students had a scholarship offering last year. Wow.
1: So amazing. Um, going on, I guess, staying somewhat on that academic side, twenty national merit finalists again.
2: Yeah, that's right, and that's a that's just the high in the state of Alabama, in. That's another example of how important it is for our students to perform well. And on this particular measure, these finalists are eligible for multitudes of scholarships. So that feeds into the $41 million in offering, which is fantastic. And I would note this, over the course of our 53 years, we've had 604 National Merit semifinalists, and that's remarkable. How about that?
1: Um, 87% of our AP students earned qualifying scores for college credit.
2: Right. That number continues to increase, uh, both the number of students taking exams and those who are getting college credit. And that's the highest mark we've had in six years. We once again notched it up from last year. That's fantastic. And those, again, those qualifying scores equal scholarship opportunities for students, particularly by credit. So you can get credit in college for a three or four or five on an exam. And since most of our students go to Alabama and Auburn, UAB and state universities, they're qualifying for credit hours uh, at those schools. And, you know, listen, three credit hours is about $1,500 in savings. So when you qualify this way, just think of all of this. When you just get down to the monetary value of what our students are producing, the outcomes when they leave us, and it pays major dividends for their families, and that makes for a good investment.
0: Yeah. It's worth mentioning as you, you talk about the majority of our students going to UAB, Alabama, Auburn, that we've been spending some time as a school system unpacking data that they are sending to us about what our students are doing when they get to those institutions. And I would imagine that you could also infer from this data that this is what a lot of students are doing when they go to out-of-state universities, too. Uh, But there's some some trends that you've been talking about with uh, the community and with stakeholders around here recently that have jumped out to us about what students are doing by and large when they go to those schools. Yeah, that's right, with If you look in a classroom of 25
2: students in our high school, those, that pl- those are planning to attend college, you can figure that 18 sitting in that room are either going to go into a STEM related field or business and finance. And those dominate the majors that are declared at our in-state universities where most of our kids go. Uh, so we know that they're interested in it. We are seeing growth, continued growth in the STEM fields and, str- and continue Continued consistency in the popularity of business and finance. So this is what our kids are interested in. And that really informs us about the processes of what we do
0: for our children before they leave us. Some of the things that have been going on at the high school to strengthen STEM and business education have been Really extraordinary, particularly in the last year. And, Brooke, I know you saw a lot of this, too, from things uh, like uh, 3D modeling going on in uh, Steve Brooks' classroom, where they're actually trying to help a young man who uh, uh, had a, a, something that he needed help with on a hand to try to uh, play baseball better, um, to students in that incubator EDU program who are pitching real business ideas to the community and looking for opportunities to get investment in those and support for those businesses. And students are taking these ideas out into the world and doing some extraordinary things with them. That's right. And we've got robust offerings, in my view, in the STEM-related
2: fields in secondary grades. And as you get into high school, uh, of course, you can do the advanced placement courses in math and science. That's very important, of course. Uh, But you can also do some things that really give you more experiential learning, like our health science classes, uh, where you can plug into sports uh, medicine, for example. You mentioned, uh, the business, finance, entrepreneurial area for those students as well. There's cybersecurity. There's engineering, architecture. Uh, there's a multitude of ways to experience the learning that's that's taking place of things that you're interested in doing when you leave us. And we're seeing growth in those areas. You mentioned the entrepreneurial program. Uh, this is the third year that that's in place, and that that class grew from eight students last year to 28 this year. So I know that there is a obvious interest in applying learning in these type uh, experiences. So that's really fun to watch take place.
1: So obviously that's one area that we, we love to highlight and want to continue to see grow. And as Dr. Freeman's mentioned before, even what does that look like at our elementary level as mm-hmm. well? Um, but a couple of other areas, even aside from academics, obviously the arts, which we talk about a lot and is super important to our district our parents and our students um, as well as athletics and so those are two areas that we focus on a lot and i know we'll continue to focus on in future episodes but we also want to talk a little bit about our character programs and the emphasis on core values. So Dr. Freeman, what have you seen, I guess, really develop over the last year in that area?
2: Well, I can summarize it best by a statement that was made by our SGA chaplain from Vestavios High School last week when she spoke to over 900 of our employees and really thanked our teachers for all that they had taught her. And she didn't mention. The academic pieces that we talk about that are so very important in the core of what we do. She talked about character and core values and how that has strengthened her and the person that she is. And uh, Madeline Weigley just did a fantastic job, and I thought brought the house down with those comments. But it affirmed to us what we know and learning is more than academics. That's very important. But is it is about learning to get along with others and treat others in a in a manner that's respectful. And as I just say. Generally speaking, character and core values are about the golden rule. It's about treating people the way you want them to treat you. And, boy, we could really make progress if we did that. So our schools, it's in our DNA to talk about character and core values, to reinforce what our communities and families believe are important for our children. So that's equally a part of the work we do. And you see it play out very well in the lives of our students, particularly in philanthropy. And our annual report includes several things that our students do, but if you think about philanthropy for a moment, it really is the notion of giving of yourself with no expectation for return. And our students love to do this. And there are place every school you go into this year you're going to see examples of that we saw it last year where kids are giving up themselves whether it's time resources money to help other people no expectation of return uh, and that's to me a good evidence of the fact that we think character and values are really important and this is good these life lessons are going to be transformative for our students
1: some of the highlights from last year Um, speaking to philanthropy and just our schools continuing to give to others and really give back to the community. So one example, 20,000 food items donated locally. Mm -hmm. Um, Our East students volunteered in Rise Against Hunger and something I think they've been doing now for several years. Mm -hmm. This one obviously is most impressive, but $230,000 plus raised for O'Neill Comprehensive Cancer Center. And we know RISE is a huge event that really lasts, I would say, all year long at the high school, and the community really just – gets involved as well parents and community members so just to see them continue to do this year after year and raise huge amounts of money is so impressive
2: it is and you know we say in our mission statement that unparalleled community support is important we also acknowledge that that's a two-way street so giving back into the community is very important to us we're not always asking we're wanting to give and our students really model this so well for us and the things that you highlighted are wonderful examples. One I would point out to you is the unique opportunity that one of our AP classes, our advanced placement classes at the high school has, and that's where they the American history class decides on some issue that is a historical limitation or problem in society, and they say, let's see how we can address this. And through what is called their WE project, they they come up with an idea that's going to be beneficial, philanthropic to some cause. And this past two years That class at the high school, students who have participated in this project have donated over 4,400 books to communities in West Alabama through a joint project with the University of Alabama. A great example of putting academics and character together for a learning experience that's unique and beneficial.
0: Well, um, I have to, to just share on a personal note, the things that you're talking about with character and core values and philanthropy and students recognizing needs and opportunities in the world around them is something that is such an encouragement to me now as a parent in our school system. So my daughter started, started kindergarten uh, here and is, is really enjoying it already, but this is the, exactly the kind of thing that as a parent, I want my daughter to to be exposed to and to soak up is just uh, being sensitive to the needs of others. But I'm also encouraged by the fact that there is a community of people in our school system who are focused solely on pouring into her life and being an encouragement and instilling that concept of a safe and nurturing environment in her uh, from the moment that she got there on her first day of school. Yeah, that's a great point, Witt.
2: Character values are fundamental to dealing with challenges. And we, you know, one of our goals is to confront challenges our students have. And that goes a long way perseverance, dedication, respect, working with others. Those are really important attributes to confront challenges, but sometimes that's not enough. And so what do we do to stand in the gap uh, when that happens? And we want to saturate our children with loving relationships that are going to help them where their point of need is. So if I went into an elementary classroom what I'm going to see in Vestavia Hills City Schools is I'm likely to see as many as three, maybe four students that have maybe anxiety, depression, whatever the case may be. There's going to be a student in there that's family qualifies for a free lunch, so that may come with certain challenges. Uh, there are going to likely be a student in that room that may suffer from dyslexia and the challenge that that comes with. There are those who may have other identified challenges academically or behaviorally that that has to be identified with. You you can go on and on with the things that happen in a classroom from the health perspective there are likely two students in that room that have asthma and so a teacher has all of that in their classroom to help move the students forward that's a monumental challenge it takes a lot of support outside the classroom for them to be able to help our children learn without limits and so we're blessed and we have 13 school resource officers that's incredible we have 12 school nurses plus additional nurses for other needs. Uh, We have 20 counselors. We have a social worker. uh, We have behavioral interventionists and a litany of other support partners that work with us to try to stand in the gap uh, of those times where character and values don't always get them over the hurdle of challenges. And we have to always recognize we're not going to make challenges go away. Our idea is how to help
0: them confront them, deal with them, overcome them, so they can learn. Brooke, I know you can speak to this as an elementary uh, teacher. Uh, Just what Dr. Friedman was talking about, the support systems that a school has in place for students uh, and, and just helping to ensure that they have somebody in the building that they know is truly for them.
1: Yeah, and I think this is one thing not just even in elementary schools but across our district that really to me sets our district apart is just the partnerships and the people that we have in place across the district and in every school. And so the ones that Dr. Freeman mentioned, absolutely but then I even think about and some of the people he, had rec- he recognized and had speak recently at Institute but I think about our office staff Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes that might be the first person that a a kid sees each day. Um, Our paras who are in classrooms, they're in um, the library, they're maybe in carpool. Again, for some of our kids, that's their person. Um, I think about our custodial staff. And so obviously we heard from one uh, member at Institute, but it just reminds me, when I walk into a school building, which been in several over the past few days, just seeing every single person in that building, welcome kids, check on kids, wrap around kids. It is from the person running the cash register in the lunchroom to the person that's mopping the floor as you come in. And it's just like they know the kids by name, they know their families, and they're checking on them. And I just think that doesn't happen every place. So I think that really does make our system remarkable.
0: And something else that that makes it a truly special place, especially in times where You hear a lot in the news about uh, teacher retention rates in school systems around America and and teacher hiring challenges in various places. Just the core of wonderful and highly qualified and highly competent teachers that we have. Uh, We have somewhere around 549, 550 in the school system. And more than three out of every four of them have a master's degree or higher than that, which is just amazing to me. And then several dozen that uh, have national board certification on top of that. Just the qualifications are remarkable. They are, and a lot of
2: these qualifications are just things teachers want to do. And Brooke could share with you other qualifications that our teachers are doing uh, with literacy improvements And uh, It's a lot of just being motivated to do it themselves. That's who we want in our district. Uh, Whether they have 41 years experience or whether they have one-year experience or very beginning, we want highly motivated people who love kids and who want to grow. So we want a district that supports that. We want to pour into them professional growth. You know, it is most important to a teacher that their principal supports them, it's most important to them that they be paid for their worth. It's important to them that they be resourced well and that they get opportunities for professional growth. And those are all things we're always mindful of, of how to make sure we do that well so our teachers that, that want to stay and want to be with us. Uh, and so and a big part of that is professional growth because we invest heavily in it. We believe in it. We believe in it in academics. We believe in it in character. And so we are immersed in that field. And, and really, I think that's a value to our system, but we do it because the most significant difference maker in the school building is the teacher. And what they do in the classroom
0: is what makes the difference in terms of academic achievement for our students. Yeah. Brooke and I had the opportunity to go uh, yesterday, in fact, and check in on uh, some of the new teachers in the school system and just uh, just say hello, stick our head in the door, and you know, how's your day going? And just the joy on their faces. And I'm thinking of one in particular, and uh, Avery Richardson, who doesn't know she's getting a shout out on the podcast, uh, but uh, graduated from Vestavia just a few years ago, went. Went off to uh, Auburn to become a teacher, decided to become a teacher because of her experience in this school system, and now she's back here uh, teaching at Pazits. And boy, it was good to see her yesterday.
1: It was. I think that's, which obviously the start of the year is one of my favorite times, but just being able to go visit a lot of our teacher staff. Um, and especially new teachers yesterday and today. it's It really is exciting. They're so excited to be here, and I think it goes back to what Dr. Freeman said about, for many of them, they've taught other places. Some of them have been teaching five years. Some of them have been teaching 20-plus years, and they said I was looking for somewhere where I felt like I could grow, continue to grow professionally. I was supported and um, felt respected, and, and that's why they chose to come come to our school system so I think obviously we are very fortunate to reap the benefits of people wanting to come here and being able to attract teachers who are maybe in their first year maybe in their 20th year but still they love children they're eager about teaching and growing in their profession so it's it really is energizing to see those teachers um, yesterday and today talking about that
0: Well, Dr. Freeman, something that I want to ask you about before we get out of here today is um, something that has been a theme of yours uh, that has emerged for this coming school year is the concept of community partnerships and uh, even individual partnerships, just people who can bring their knowledge, their skills, their expertise, their resources to support our students, to support our teachers and staff, and and to support our schools. Can you unpack that just a little bit about what's been on your mind and heart as the school year begins?
2: I I know this. I know that our school system is excellent. It's one of the reasons we came here as a family. My children benefit from this. Uh, And so we, the excellence speaks for itself. But Really good organizations are always evolving and trying to grow and improve, and we know that there are places that we can grow and improve. Uh, I also know that the landscape of education is changing uh, and evolves so very quickly, but what we're convinced to know for sure is that students learn best when they're engaged in experience learning. It's not like we went to school when they're actually involved in learning. Uh, and so what community partnerships can do is bring experiential opportunities to us. And we have a lot of examples of that now. But if you think about our community uh, in terms of what people do, most of them are involved in either a business finance-type background or they're involved in some STEM-related field, science, technology, engineering, or math, those are the very things our students are most interested in. And I would also posit to you that while we're number two in the state in assessment scores, if we could improve assessment areas where our students have interest as they leave us, that is math and science, we would move even higher and probably be at the top of the state. And I'm convinced that can happen if we push in and bring into a different way of thinking community can invest in schools. So it's not always about money. It can be about time, resources, about intellectual uh, capital, about things that you can bring in that would help our teachers and our students. So that's a variable that can change without getting more money fed into the system. So it's not always about that, but I'm convinced that that is an opportunity for us, and I know the capacity is in the community, uh, and I know our teachers are excellent, and if you combine those things, the power would just be
0: Well, that's going to be sort of a theme of ours uh, off and on this year on the podcast, and so I'll just issue a a call to action. If you are somebody who is a a business owner or a part of an organization or a group that wants to be a a supporter of Vestavia Hills City Schools, we want you to listen to our next episode as we have our, uh, our guest on to talk specifically about community partnerships. Allie Pilcher with Vestavia Hills Community Partners will be joining us and uh, she will talk about what they're doing. This is formerly Partners in Education and uh, she is going to do just a great job with this leading this program. So I'm really excited to, to let her share with what they are doing with Community Partners this year, the evolution of that and the direction that they're, they're looking to take that. So please be sure to listen to that and uh, we'll have lots of great guests on throughout the year. So Brooke, excited to partner with you again. Yes. Another year. That's right. Dr. Freeman, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Whit. Thank you, Brooke. Everybody have a great new school year, and thank you for listening to the podcast. We'll talk to you again soon.